When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. It's an end of season Stop Hammer Time's celebrating. Well, we played Leicester, so it's uh, four points, so because we we didn't cover United and uh, the final game of the season against Everton. Uh, with us to discuss all of these uh, are uh, Jim Grant. Good evening. Jim, Jim, <coughs> what have you learnt about Stop Hammer Time, the podcast, over the course of this long and gruelling season? Well, mainly that it's brought to you in association with Ladbrokes. What? It's brought to you in association with Ladbrokes, and, not, not and they're doing lots of special offers. If you go to bet.westhampodcast.com, you can get the special offers with, with Ladbrokes, bet. with whom we are in association. Right, right. That's not the answer. That's not the answer I was after, Jim. But, uh, but, it, but That's the only one I've got. It's a good answer. That's <laughs> all I've got. Right. That's all you've got for us yeah, today, Yeah, I'm Jim. shutting up right, now. Right, right. That's it. Also joining us, one of Britain's greatest legal minds. Forget Rumpole of the Bailey. Forget that bloke Johnny Cochran who got um, OJ off. It is our so it is our favourite our, our favourite barrister. It is Simon Penton. Good evening, and it's lovely to be here on such a triumphant um, week it, celebration. It was. Uh, it's been. It's. It's almost in a way. It's overshadowed overshadowed the royal wedding. Uh, well, I think, I, I think I, this is what people are talking about are the last eight days of uh, West Ham season. Well, it's far more important, and at least the players' um, fathers came to the game, and there was no dispute about that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, in the lap of honour, of course, the um, the players' fathers came out carrying their player sons around the pitch. Uh, James Collins' father <laughs> carrying James Collins around the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sign him up. Joe Hart wasn't allowed to carry any of the other players' children well, around the pitch because he might drop know, them. Yes, well, for exactly. obvious reasons, exactly. Conceivably drop them. Particularly yeah, if it's yeah. down on his left-hand side. It's, it's a disaster, yes. isn't it? Can't, he cannot, <laughs> cannot pick anything up from down. Can't pick the shopping up from down on his left-hand side without dropping it. Um, but it was... Uh, that was a, that was a win we had, and we got our one point against Manchester United. At the sort of, I think it was last week's podcast where I said once we knew we were safe after the Leicester game, which which Simon you went to, I did. Um, I'm delighted to have been there, yes. and I was a guest of all people Ladbrokes. Jim, what do we know about Ladbrokes? <laughs> uh, well, uh, this podcast is brought to you in association with Ladbrokes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what I know. Is, is and that- their generosity extends <laughs> to fantastic hospitality at the Leicester City Stadium, uh, the King Power. And it was very nice, and they were charming people, and um, we had a lot to uh, drink about. So it was a Excellent. bloody good afternoon. Very good. It's very good, good going corporate. I've done it once at a football ground, away at Newcastle. Yes. How, did, did, that once. how did that come and they about, had, um, Through uh, Richard Johnson, good friend of ours. Oh, good podcast. friend. Yes, yes. Um, he obviously, through his work, had uh, uh, and we were, were surrounded by Geordies, and we obligingly rolled over and, and lost 2-0. So there, right. there was no tension, that's, really. That's you or the team? The, 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 well... Was that this season? <laughs> Both, really. Was that this season or last season? Uh, well, that must have been last season, I yes, think. this it? season yes. we lost 3 yeah, well, yeah, it was three. Mm. Well, I, and I, uh, I was there. I was there right. for both that one as well, but not, not, not corporate. Not corporate. Um, and there were nice little things like sort of little half-time little pies That's and right. mushy peas and things. All that, all and of course, of, um, quite, where you know, where we happened to be seated nice was right in the corner. Um, in the same direction of Mark Noble's goal. So, of course, that pr- protocol about you have to be, be quite well behaved and politely applaud, even if it's your team that scores. I'm afraid to say when that when that <clears throat> arrowed in right in my eye line, 
good behaviour went straight out of the window. Brilliant. And if anyone was under any impression that I was any other, anything other than a West Ham fan in the corporate area, they, they were soon disabused of that, I yeah. can tell you. I watched a West Ham game at uh, the Bolin ground in Sky's uh, box. Uh, Did you? Yes, uh, mm. with Pete Ward, because Pete Ward worked at that point oh. for Sky. Um, but it was uh, very clearly a hotel room where the bed had been flipped up again, so you felt like you were sort of in someone's hotel room in a kind of travel lodge. Which, which you were. You were. You right. were in someone's... I mean, the couple who uh, rented <laughs> the hotel room, they were furious. Yeah, I bet they were. <laughs> they were Did furious. someone give you some ironing to um, do? Yeah, like, can you yeah. imagine ringing uh, room service? There are, there are ten strangers yeah. in my room. <laughs> yes. I'm drinking lots of beer and, 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 and eating shepherd's pie. I seem to get terribly irate yes. at the moment. Do you mind having a word with them? Absolutely. Uh, it was uh, uh, very shoddy and quite tacky. In 1996, I wrote on uh, Saturday Live uh, with Lee Hurst, and uh, we had Sol Campbell on it, and somebody said, because I think Lee was doing that, you know, the sports have I got oh, these yes. views, I think it's yeah. all over. Things yeah. all over. Yeah. And um, Lee Hurst doesn't really like football. He sort of pretended to, to support West Ham, but doesn't really. Uh, but on one of the days, Euro 96 was on, and they said... Um, Lee, there's a there's a ticket for you and one other if you fancy going to see the semi final England uh, versus Germany tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. And I was, take take me, take me, take me, take me. And he was going, ah, uh, no, I've been out like three nights in a row. I just want to go home and watch telly. I'm going, no, 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 go, go to the game and take me, take me to the game, take me. And he and those tickets went begging. He he did say because I have a shaved head as well. Go and say you're me. And I was like. You're on telly. They'll know I'm not. Did Sel Campbell need a ticket? Um, Probably. Yeah, I was (laughs) just thinking you and Lee and Sel Campbell, intellectually, I couldn't imagine there's a bigger mismatch ever ever been created throughout the history of the universe. But sorry, Sel. No, but but, so that ticket went begging. That ticket just went begging. No one, you know, and I was like, oh, no. And, you know, and then seeing the game I'm just like, yeah oh, well I I, I, I I was there and oh, uh, well, yeah, I was and um, with <clears> all my very politically correct friends who when when Germany equalised were on their chairs doing the damn busters to the nth <laughs> degree I just thought it said it all really yeah you know because yeah. when you scratch the surface and the Germans score all those old wounds <laughs> opened <laughs> yeah, immediately yeah. and out comes that fabulous oh. outpouring of anger and all that WW2 stuff it's just absolutely <laughs> I ended up watching it in um, a room above a comedy club that comedians get uh, changed in uh, I remember Alan Davis was there, Bill Bailey was there, and a comedian called Keith Dover. Oh, I've got another story about Keith Dover. In fact, the um, this stable of podcasts, Keith used to do the Arsenal one. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Keith kicked a door in. <laughs> Germany one they literally went mental and kicked a door in I also remember about about um about him that in Edinburgh in 1996 we had a big flat um because me and Bill Bailey and Martin Trenum and Kevin Eldon were in a band up there and Alan Davis came to stay with us and Keith was there and Bill Bailey got a kind of settlement from the rental of the flat so a couple of months after the Edinburgh Festival so in November and there was a phone bill of around Six hundred pounds, <laughs> because every day, it being the summer, the Edinburgh Festival, Keith Dover was ringing the Arsenal oh, chat fantastic. line, which I've had news about forthcoming transfers oh. and stuff. And I'd sort of not told anyone that he was ringing it up in oh. the daytimes for like twenty minutes on a prime rate well, phone let line. Me, let me let, let me make a confession um, with another um, Hammer Time um, <clears throat> performer, Jeremy Dean. As yes. you know well, Jeremy and I for many years shared a room in our chambers. And back in the day, when the only way you could hear any any commentary if any the game news, wasn't on yeah. radio was on one of those prime time numbers. So we sat in our room, we started doing some work, we ordered in pizzas, and we listened to a game, um, entire ninety minutes, <laughs> um, on the basis, well, we're paying for it anyway. And then the bill came. And some other members of our chambers were slightly concerned why yeah. it was that on that particular <laughs> night, from a room, from a phone in our room, there was a seven hundred and twenty-five pound oh, bill because it was the whole ninety minutes Prime, that we listened yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, these things yeah. happen. Yeah. You know, what can you do about love? <laughs> yes, true, true. So, um, 
It was a it was a good game. I thought it, uh, you know the last game. Uh, there's well, yeah. if we talk about them in order, the United game was funny, wasn't it? Because Jim, as you said, to see the great Manchester United come for a point. It was an interesting one because I, you know, you you, uh, you turn up at work and I'm sure everybody turns up work and there's 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 arsehole Man United fans, aren't there? People who never never really go to games, absolutely, you know, don't not really interested in anything else. Um, wouldn't be able to name a West Ham player, but they, you know, claim to be lifelong Man United fans. Um, and they were all going, "Oh, how did you stay awake?" It was so boring. And I said, "Well, actually, you know, as nil nils go, it wasn't it wasn't yeah, an yeah, un, right. you know, it was I, it wasn't a great game, but it wasn't the worst nil nil." I, I agree I've with seen. you because the headlines the next day about you know a ball draw, yeah. Yeah. and I actually thought it was quite an enthralling. Yeah. Game. But of course, from a Man United perspective, and that you know, that is also generally speaking the media's perspective, isn't it? Um, that from a Man United, it was it was boring. I mean, I've never seen I, I, unique, really. I've never seen a United side, Man United side, come and. Um, you know, play for a draw, in yeah. effect, and uh, particularly towards the end. I mean, like, running tie, the ball tie wasting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, weird. So, terribly sorry, we, we didn't allow you to steamroller us just mm. so you could put up a nil-four yeah, scoreline yeah, for yeah, once. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way, Pogba's <clears throat> odd, tired lunge at Noble that brought about the fight was almost like a time-wasting measure, yes. wasn't it? He just sort of, just, you know, tripped Noble up just basically to kind of stop the game for a bit, didn't he? Yes. Didn't get... Um, uh, having not got anything out of that, was it Moss, the referee? Yeah. Anything out of Moss, that 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 game, I thought he he refed that incident well, really. Well, that's about because the only good Noble, thing he did, he did in, many in the Many referees would have sent Noble off and not looked that, at the whole package of that moment in I context. thought that Nobles was going to get sent <clears> off for that. And when he, yeah. when he brandished the yellow card, now, I think there was a huge element of relief. Did Sabaletta throw a crafty... Crafty punch oh, in, in all that. I, I saw this little flash yes, <laughs> little, kind of little bald head, little arm go. I said, somebody's punched. I think somebody has punched someone. Yeah. Well, it was pretty slight. It was like um, what I thought was one of the best disguised little digs um, at the Leicester game in our first goal. Um, <clears throat> Arnautovic beautifully gave the, the the defender in front of him a little dig off the ball. Yeah, yeah. And so he was off balance when he, of course, brought the ball down and perfectly laid it back to Jar Mario. But um, that sort of went unnoticed. Yes. But if you actually watch it, if you watch yeah, the, the replays of yeah. it, it's so clear what he did. It's one of his little sly Austrian digs in the ribs and you're out of the way, He's mate. very good at that, that. I mean, whether he does it illegally or occasionally illegally, he's very good at sort of just giving himself half a yard by just shouldering the defender that's kind of attending to yeah, that and, gets, you know. that those incidents they don't get consistently refereed do they because there are some people who see it as playing the man not the ball don't yep. they mm-hmm. he looks at the ball in the air he, he gets to where he knows the ball is going to mm. come and he, and he backs into the player so he's going to get control yeah. of the ball and some referees go well you know it's a, it's a physical game that's that's a you know I think it's you know, an age thing because yeah. cause those, those of us of a certain age would call that a fair barge yeah um, so uh, which, which, yeah. which I grew up with my yeah. whole life and it was always just a fair barge and what are you complaining about what but now about the um, uh, um, the Manchester City uh, where the goalkeeper makes the mistake mm. and Arnautovic just kind of shoves him off the ball I thought that Perfectly was a fair goal yeah, because it's been a mistake I think that's the that's the clue that a referee should have as to you know which direction the kind of uh, the fault lies I mean, because there wasn't much about it in the media i don't know what no, no. the sky reaction mm. to it was because it was a live game um but i thought there and then i, I couldn't understand why yeah. on earth i didn't think the referee would allow it but i couldn't understand a good reason why he shouldn't because similarly when when um we scored one of the four goals we scored against Sunderland, uh, sorry, uh, Huddersfield away. And um, we had three players kind of circling the goalkeeper, yeah. putting pressure on the kind of kick out. But the goalkeeper kicks it out anyway, which is an act of stupidity. Totally. You know, just bang it long. There's three blokes standing yeah. around your opponent, just bang it long. But he didn't. He played it to a defender and... Arnaldovic really shoulders the guy out of the way. Well, as, as Jim and, and just said. And I was surprised that that... that he, he does a lot of that, but yeah. I think that's his great... No, that's yeah, his yeah, great yeah, talent. Absolutely. I mean, he, he has huge yeah. physical strength and ability in equal mm. measure, which mm. makes him the sort of player he is. I didn't see any replays of it, but was his headed goal clearly offside? Was I, that, I that, don't know, that? but it was a bullet header. I'll tell header, you that. Yeah. My God, did he Delivery not. and a great yeah, header. Yeah, it was a terrific goal. I think it probably was just... He does have an infuriating habit, however, of 
of straying offside when yep. he really shouldn't. I'm mm-hmm. going to be all stato here 42 times this season, third most of any player in the Premier League. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you could forgive it if he was a player that didn't actually pay, play with his brain, but he does. Yes, yeah. But I think he plays on the edge, though, doesn't he? He, does, he plays yeah. on the edge. I mean, a lot of it is just going too soon. Or actually, he's got the run and somebody dwells on the ball and doesn't play yeah. doesn't play I mean, you know, quickly enough you know, yeah, yeah I, agree. I think so it's not always it's not necessarily that kind of it's not the sort of um who was it was it Mike it was Mike Small who was always still trudging back <laughs> yeah bless him that's because you know that's because you know he didn't have a horse and cart to jump into to <laughs> no. take him back to back to play um, and Carlton Cole could be a bit like that with the offsides yes. couldn't yes. he yeah that's because just, Carlton you know. just didn't have a brain but Arnautovic does yeah yeah, yeah. But it was, yes, uh, it was a kind of an okay game. And it was funny that, yeah, the, the BBC website's write-up was kind of of the snore, draw yeah, kind the of one. Uh, yeah. quality. Yeah, you know, I thought that was just, yeah. that's just that perspective, isn't it? You know, from our point of view, I thought, you know, we were, we were competitive. We did, um, you know, in the end... Pogba faded out of that game and that yeah. was partly you know to be fair Chiarty's the last couple of games has, has been alright well he, he needed to because yeah. by his standards he's had a poor Terrible season he has had a poor season yeah. Yeah. and um, I think we've we've suffered as a team as a, as a result of it yes but um, what I think was the most interesting thing of the last three games taken together and I really do hope this is a sign of the re-emergence of, of Adrian who I thought was quite terrific in all three and had a real air of authority in every single game he had to make a couple of very important saves in the Man U game and he likes to be a bit showy and as they used to say back in the day one for the photographers but notwithstanding he was he was totally secure the and double save was brilliant. the one onto the Excellent. post. That, yeah, that was a, that was quality. That was marvelous. Yes, there were a couple of sort of spectacular ones that actually, yeah. you know, they were for the cameras, as yeah. you say. Mm-hmm. But um, no, he he uh, no, he's he's finished the season well. There was uh, an incident in the Man U game, I think, where he came, he ran off his line because he had no choice, mm. and actually, it all worked out in the end. A couple of defenders got back onto the line yeah. but yeah. they had to get back because there was no one else he had mm. to come out and he yeah. came out of it. and that's exactly the sort of thing that if it goes wrong he just gets flack from and he, well, you know he covered for Ogbonna's mistake spread himself well well up, he did one. I mean that you was know, a shocker it was a bit of a miss on the part of the player but um, mm, he still mm. spread himself well didn't he yeah and then the uh, and then the Everton game and uh, you know there there have been this season especially on social media there there, there has been in a, in essence, a kind just a kind of tantrum. Everything is shit. Everything of the owners. I hate the owners. Hate the hate the ground. Um, hate Moyes. You know. Um, and even after the that, those eight days of two wins and a draw and seven points in the last three games, there are people saying, "Well, you know, those other teams that you know they were." they were on the beach in their flip-flops and stuff. You've just got to play the team in front of you and beat them 3-1. And that's what we did against um, them. I think um, that was probably very true. I, I didn't really see the full game, but it was probably very true of Leicester. Leicester. But, but I, oh, Leicester. I it was Leicester Leicester so Everton. I mean, Everton were, you know, yeah, they were sort of there for the taking, but they weren't, they, it wasn't an uncompetitive game. I, I thought it was a thoroughly entertaining game. I thought our front three were really, really good. Yes. Uh, the interplay between them, uh, some of the football was really pleasing on well, the eye. Well, it, it was, but, you know, you've always got to um, suffer the fact that we, they were allowed to play. And this, and look, I'm not going to, for one moment, seek to detract from sat, from Sunday, shall I say, Sunday's performance and result, because I think it's the first home win we've had against Everton in the league yeah, um, for, since about 2007. And, of course, they are the team against whom we have the worst record by a mile in the Premier League, in the history of the Premier League, or the first division. If you want to go back that far, mm, for some yeah. reason, they're a bogey team. Yeah, so for us to beat Everton, yeah. Yeah. 3-1, you'd take that every day of the week. Yeah. Um, there was an element a bit, I think, of them being... Um, you know having their deck chairs out but i like so often with football you know it brings together these strange forces of circumstance you know to hear the everton fans absolutely lambasting allardyce mm-hmm. and our lot joining in with it there was that sense i thought of piquancy yeah but you know he was getting it from both well, ends and it was that just familiar great. sight of your team chasing the game and he takes your lone striker off um uh, yeah 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 <laughs> um i mean i think in a sense what 
what happened, yeah, perhaps they were not the best Everton they could possibly have been. But what we did was steal a march on them. Uh, and yeah. we sort of got our noses in front. And uh, um, then when a team is sort of on the back foot, it's difficult to kind of regain the initiative. And I thought we were very lively for second balls, which we haven't been the whole season. Whether whether Everton were lacklustre or not, the fact was we were we were closing them down. You know, Mario and Lanzini appeared to be doing a lot we more closing down than Absolutely out of the blocks. And, and yeah, yeah and, and very alert to second balls. Yeah, we were picking up yeah. second. And, and it made, somehow playing with that sense of we have the initiative, we're we're forcing the pace in this game. The other team is having to react to what we do. Made our passing more accurate. Everything was suddenly we more crisp. We played we with a much better tempo yeah. than we, than we it, often but, have, but have done in begs, recent years. Not, not just the question, this season. You know. Why hadn't we done it for the previous yes. nine months? Perhaps to answer that, we should uh, just take a little break and then, then apply our minds to it once we've listened to uh, this message. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. Welcome back. We're still uh, raking over the coals of the Everton game. Um, yeah. um, yes, and we were saying, you know, played at a quicker tempo. Yes, and, and much quicker tempo. I mean, I thought, um, I, I, I mean, we could have been two or three up we within the been. first 10, we 10 minutes, quarter of an hour. Um, I think if I think we would have won the game even more comfortably if Masuaku hadn't gone yes. off. Yes, he was. Uh, he had he had Coleman on toast, didn't he? He did. Uh, he, he was, was really, having one of his really best really games. Did. Yeah, for us. Um, and that that meant we were sort of less incisive down the down the left hand side with um, Fernandez there. But mm. um, you know, I, I, you can as you say, you can only beat the team in front of you. It was a lovely sunny day. We we had a nice time. We went to Nathan's. We had a yes, we went. We had, oh. a, we had a nostalgic trip to yeah. Nathan's, which obviously when is many people know. Twenty sixth of soon. May. Yeah, that's this weekend, I think. Is um, it? Is it weekend after. Yeah. Weekend, yeah. weekend yeah. after, and then we had um, uh, a nostalgic pint or two in the in Black the Black Mine in Plasto, which which obviously we frequented over many used years. To go and get yeah. greavesy drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, all so, so very it was very, all very satisfying. It was a good day and lots of old friends, and it was. But it looked like know. a. I mean, I thought it looked like a kind of um, a dangerous attacking side. You know, uh, I thought um, Mario Lanzini and Arnautovic sort of looked great. Mario's together. best got, game for the club, I think. Probably. Yeah, he got a lot closer to Arnautovic. You know, those two did than they've ever done before. And I mean, I think a lot of that was that they were being allowed to well they weren't and i for me judgment is very much reserved about joe mario i think that um it was a great game for him he was allowed to play as he likes he wasn't really put under huge pressure i think it's very different when we when we're under the cosh and we play a very physical team and although everton have a reputation being a physical team they weren't particularly on sunday for obvious reasons it's the end of the season Mm. And for all of that, nonetheless, I still don't think he makes those sort of lung-bursting runs that you need to if you're going to fully exploit that which Arnautovic does with such um, alarming regularity. We, if we're going to play him alone up front, and if that's the way it's going to go, although I'm not a fan of it, but if that's the way it's going to go, it can only really work if he has at least one other running ahead of the Ready game. Ready to go past him. And, yeah, yeah. and they've got to run past him. Mm. And the times even on Sunday when he was making these great breaks and having to look up, no one's there, pull it back inside and they go all the way around again or forced to do, which he loves to do, which is go on his own. And that's yeah. when, you know, and he made a couple of those runs, I think, on, on Sunday. But taking that back a stage against Man United when um, Andy Carroll came on, there was one moment where I thought Andy Carroll actually did the best thing I've seen him do in the, in the claret blue shirt for about five years. He laid off a pass to Arnautovic, which must have been like a 30-yard yeah. yeah, pass yeah. from and behind, and then ran on. It was sensational. It was sensational. Apart from that, I don't understand why he sprinted to go outside the back post 
It just, it, they all say the punters that he should have You've stayed go, in the goals. Absolutely should have right. He should have run for the penalty spot. Yeah. Mm. And, and then, then, and then got him there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was it was one of those moments that I think exemplified how great Inardovic can be if he's got someone playing yeah. on the same wavelength. Yes. Um, and if he hasn't, it's all a bit of a waste, really. Yes. I mean, I felt that uh, you know. Fernandez and uh, Mario, when they were in sort of nominally this front three with Arnautovic, there's part of them that's thinking about, especially Mario, his defensive mm. duties and slightly feels like he's a little too timid to make those runs forward because he feels it'll just leave a big space behind him. And, you know, all of those, all of those players... Even Kiyati's performance may be improved by a kind of defensive holding oh. midfielder well, to screen the Well, defense. we know that. We've had the discussion yeah. a thousand times. It, it would free boring, them up. We, it, whatever happens this close season managerially, I think it really doesn't matter that much to this extent that we have to have one serious holder in, in our midfield next season. Whichever, whichever tactics, whichever lineup we play, whichever formation, because without it, you're terribly exposed. And that's yeah. why I think we've been in the problems we've had for the last two years. Yeah, time and again. Time and yeah. again. Uh, to that end, um, as you know, I, I, uh, as a season ticket holder to West Ham, you, you, you're on some kind of email mailing list and presumably all these kind of privacy settings and stuff will be affected by, by that, you know, uh, the, the GDPR. The GDPR. Yeah. Um, I, I will probably have to answer another email to opt in, but often these emails are, are from, uh, the owners or the manager or, or the club captain or sometimes, from a kind of personality in the club. Who's and got your personal data? Got my personal data, that's right. Very and troubling. Yes, all very troubling. All very troubling. Um, and uh, so the, on Monday morning, after after our win, uh, there was one... Uh, I'll try and do it justice, uh, uh, but it, this was in my inbox on Monday morning. Dear Philip, David Sullivan here. Well, finally we are at the end of a gruelling season that petered out in a turgid affair in which two teams cancelled each other out in a listless 3-1 home win that lost both managers their jobs. <laughs> like you, David Gold and I were enraged by this gutless performance. The players and manager have let us, the fans, down, as have the stewards, the caterers, the people in the ticket office, the people who design the match day programmes, the rib man. They have betrayed you, me, David Gold, into whose body death has forced his icy prong, and all of us who love West Ham. They are all culpable. Trevor Brooking, Ray Winston, even they are not blameless in this woeful debacle of a season. Jeremy Corbyn, the remaining Beatles, the Foo Fighters, everyone must share the blame for making myself and David Gold look like cunts. <laughs> you will have noticed, Philip, that I typed a swear word there, and it gives me no pleasure to do so. As you can no doubt imagine, I have invented countless original swear words in my time and have practically lain siege to the patent office in my attempts to trademark the schematic for countless new and original profanities. However, they claim repeatedly that these innovations lie outside their jurisdiction. They are a bunch of felchmunters, a term I invented. Believe us, Philip, when we say that nobody hates David Moyes more than we do, and our premiership survival just adds insult to injury. My son Jack is already interviewing potential replacements. For example, Trodep Livnik has impressed this season in the Ukrainian second flight, holding training sessions in a wind tunnel and sharpening players' depth perception by making them all wear eye patches in games they were going to lose anyway. Ernst Schwarzwagen has made huge strides in China, building teamwork and player morale by secretly embedding a player who, at a prearranged signal, will begin trying to help the opposition win. Incidentally, he describes as his inspiration Gary Breen, whose cover has to this day never been compromised. Arthur Christensen is currently plying his trade managing Pitcairn Island's top <laughs> and only football team. He has revolutionised the sport by no longer having games played, but told 
but like stories around the campfire. Despite telling to the stories themselves, the team lost its first four games. <laughs> but after that, they rapidly moved up their one-team league. On the downside, a player dies in nearly every game. And to honour the match report, the player in question is cast adrift out to sea in a small boat. This season... Anger has filled to overflowing the bowl of the London Stadium in this wretched and prolonged bukkake session of a season. And that anger will be addressed. Machine gun positions will be installed above the director's box and to prevent the repeat of the coin attack which all but ended my life, the stadium is going cash free. As football becomes a non-contact sport, we too will go contactless so that, it, so that Jack may still have a father for many years to come and not have to be adopted by his brother, the next youngest David. This season has turned on key decisions. Would Chick Ukiati have played any better were I to have had Tony Henry killed? We simply don't know. These are the decisions that plague owners. We realise now that we should have grasped the nettle and switched managers earlier, rather than by slowly replacing Slaven Bilic a bit at a time. First his hip, then his hair, then eventually his lungs and feet. Come on, you irons! <laughs> I have to say, Phil, that was just fucking sensational. I feel entitled to be able to use it because um, only in that email um, f- from West Ham, of course, and the owner, did you manage to get Kant and Bukaki in the same in the same paragraph? I think as, as, as West Ham and 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 one of the and one of the Sullivan offspring. I just thought it was marvelous. He works in the porn industry. That's very much his argo. That's his, his, That's his, his, argo. his uh, Yes, it's in his Indeed, wheelhouse. Yeah. Yes, it's his it's, milieu. It's, it's his milieu. It's his milieu. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's part of his mise en scène. We. Oui. <laughs> oh, now we are getting smart, Alecky. Jim. Jim. Yes. Yes, I remember it well. Well, well they, they uh, well, apparently rumours abound that they've already interviewed one bloke today. I think possibly two, uh, I've heard. A, a Portuguese bloke. <clears throat> the, yes, the Fonseca. Um, Fonseca. Fonseca. But aren't there rumours about Emery as well? Or am I making Well, that, there are rumours. I, I, I don't... I'm not sure how, how realistic that one is. Um, I, look, you know, Moyes is still in the running, and I have to say that five or six weeks ago, I would have been shocked on the basis that we had survived in the Premier League, that he wasn't offered the job. But I think this is quite interesting, because for everything that's been written um, about all the um, ups and downs at West Ham the last season, I think that... The decision, if it be right, and they don't go ahead with Moyes, given that on one view, he's actually done quite a good job. He's done what he was there to do. He's kept us up and in the end comfortably. Um, and, you know, there's been no terrible traumas on the way, particularly. Yet the decision, if it be right, not to go with him and offer him that contract, which is a sense that they wanted to, is probably a political decision. Because I think that they've actually woken up to the fact that those people that the Baroness dismissed in her um, column in that unmentionable paper on a Saturday, um, talking about um, the keyboard warriors, and and I'm trying, I can't yeah. remember. The malcontents. The malcontents. Mm. I think the keyboard warriors and the malcontents have actually made it quite clear to these this triumvirate that, you know, Moyes is not going to be a popular choice and um, if they actually do want to survive, living, I mean, they really mm. better rethink their programme. And I think that's what's got a lot to do with this. And I never thought it would come to that, but I think it well, now has. Well, it has, but I'm, I, I think there's a troubling side to that as well, um, in that, you know, where's the strategic planning? Where's well, they've the, never had a strategic the, well, plan. Well, no, and, and, mm. and the point is that for all his limitations, let's say, um, uh, I agree with you, Moyes has done, has done what he was asked to do um he's got a turnout of our best player he's got he's got a settled that that side that he settled with at the end of this season looks i know we've said everything about you know the fact that they've they've had some sort of as it turned it out easier fixtures but we weren't expecting them to be we were looking at those last three thinking shit we're in we're really in the trouble trouble here Mm -hmm. and and we've we've you know they've really rallied around they've played for him they seem to like him you know i think we're chucking 
we're in, you know, it, it, it's a risky strategy to say, right, we're going to get rid of him now in a World Cup year. So we're going to spend some time now. It's going to clearly take a few weeks, isn't it? Yep. To sort out the manager. Then he's got to get a whole new backroom staff in, in place. Uh, then, you know, start looking at the transfer market. Whereas you would have hoped that there would have been targets already identified. We'd be trying to get some business uh, lined up, um, you know, pre um, sort of contracts or whatever in place before the World Cup. It's going to be very, very tough now. I yeah, think. there's. The, I mean, there's not only looking at transfer targets, there's getting to know the players you have yeah. when, you know, you, I mean, I... I you know. Regardless of what anyone thinks of Moyes, my my real worry is for a third year in a row, sort of um, having another bad transfer window. And one thing that would contribute to that is just throwing everything up in the air well, again that's, and, and put it. We're, we're know, chucking away a lot on, of groundwork. On, I, I a lot agree, of groundwork. I, I has agree been with done. you. I, listen, I'm no fan of David Moyes, mm. and um, I remember being at at this esteemed podcast on the day he was appointed and made it quite clear as I en- entered into that short period of mourning with the rest of you um, <laughs> and the prospect that he was actually going to be the manager at West Ham United. Um, however, I think, and I can't believe I'm saying it almost, but I am, that there would have been a lot of sense in actually staying with him for next season because it's such a short transfer mm. window and there's the World Cup and he actually... Um, is familiar with the players and although it looks somewhat perfidious making a move to displace him this time next year by getting somebody lined up that's what I think would have been Mm. probably a better way to do it then get rid of him now Uh, and bring in completely new broom the only thing can be said for Fonseca if he is their choice and truthfully I don't know what he's done to deserve it because yeah he might have had a good season at Shakhtar Donetsk you know but it ain't West Ham and it's not the Premier League for obvious reasons Um, the the benefit that he brings is the fact of course that his own agent is George Mendez and you can imagine there'd be an opportunity quote for a lot of players if Mendez isn't conflicted out with his role at Wolverhampton Wanderers but that's another story so there Mm. might be some sense in that I still get however that the big part of the the big unknown in all of this is what happens to Newcastle because if 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 a deal gets done for Newcastle be sold I think there's every chance that Rafa will stay there if it doesn't get done, and I'm I'm reliably informed that there are moves afoot, but it will get done or not done in the next two weeks, then if it doesn't get done, Rafa will not stay there. And I think he's still he's still the prize in the minds of Messrs. Gold, Sullivan and the Baroness. They seem to have wanted him for some time, don't they? Um, yeah. And I'm no fan of Rafa, but I've got to say this. On any view... He was the deciding factor that kept Newcastle in the Premier Yeah, he's League. done a very good job in Newcastle this season. You cannot, you cannot deny that. Um, and my sense of him had been very much, you know, through his Liverpool. Is I have friends who are Liverpool fans who, who think the world of him as a, uh, when he was at Liverpool. But the impression you had as an outsider there was that he was just always just demanding more and more money, yeah. l- splashing out lavishly on players who didn't quite work. Well, we'll just buy yeah. another. Well, between him and Hooligan, you know? uh, they spent two hundred twenty-seven million pounds, and basically at the end of his tenure, you basically had. Uh, because you'd had uh, Xabi Alonso, hadn't you, who they sold. <coughs> and yep. uh, so you ended up at the end of Benitez's his tenure with um, Steven Gerrard, who they had anyway, <laughs> and uh, Torres. And, mm. uh, and a bunch of extremely ordinary players for 227 million quid. Yeah. Good players they shipped out. They had, um, they had Brad Friedel, who ended up having a long and quite illustrious premiership career. But they decided he wasn't very good. Yeah. And so started buying people like Peggy, Arf- Peggy Arfax. They couldn't find yeah. a goalkeeper. Uh, they had Craig Bellamy for a while, who was really good, but they kind of sold him. Uh, yeah. Yossi Ben Ayun was good, yeah. but they yeah, sold yeah, yeah. him. I mean, I think you can argue about the relative merits of different, keeper, uh, different managers. And, 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 you know, it's very difficult to predict. But the point I'm making really is that we have an opportunity. The guy's done some groundwork. He's got to know the players. They seem to like him. I'm absolutely with you to give him another year. Um, seemed the obviously sensible thing to do, but they were worried about how the fans were going to react. I think that's it. I think think the politics unusually for them because they're terribly thick skinned is, is going to change it all. And as I say, um, forgive me for repeating it. I, I wouldn't want, in normal circumstances, David Moyes to be the manager of West Ham. I think it's completely unsuited for the sort of buccaneering football that I grew up with and love and 
how I associate to be the West Ham way. He's completely the opposite. But in the particular circumstance, and football's always about pragmatism, and you've got to look at where you are right now, the fact that it's a World Cup, the fact that the window's going to close mid-August when the season mm. starts, and to start completely afresh, I just think it's got absolute tragedy written all I over really it. I really do Me fear. Too. I, too. I'm, I'm worried, absolutely. I, 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 think the, I think the ease with which people have, again, you know, on social networks said, oh, Moy's out, get another bloke in. It's just, haven't thought no. one more than, you know, like, more than skin deep well, into the problem. Um, unfortunately, like, Phil, that's the problem, and I have only this sympathy um, w- with the Baroness. There are a huge amount of ca- keyboard warriors, and it's very easy on social media to shout Moyes out, somebody else in. You know, even if you want to call yourself, um, dare I say the word, X, as if he's got some sort of crystal ball, crystal balls he might have, but he knows <laughs> fuck all of what he's talking about. Um, and if he wants to sue me, let him try. Um, and, and, and people of that nature who build a career on supposedly knowing what's going on inside West Ham when they don't. It's easy to say this stuff because no mm. one's actually no. been involved in, in, in football, in the business of football, and understanding how you've got to look beyond this season, next season. You're planning really three or four years yes, ahead. Yes, it's become, I mean, we've become more and more, I mean, football as a, as a sport and, and football fans have become more and more short-term in their outlook as, it, as it's gone on. I mean, I, I always rather, as a, as a kid growing up, I was always rather proud of the fact we'd only had five managers, with, mm. you know. With well, on, on that and, point. Uh, and, the, and that we were loyal to managers and that we stuck with it. And it, it to, to an extent, paid off and it, and it certainly has in other clubs paid off I think that model in football has generally well, it's gone. changed it's gone. because, because it's gone. the manager's the easy thing to change it's easy yeah. you know with player power the way it is um, you know and you often get this pattern that managers come in there's a bounce they do well for a bit um, they've changed they've changed up the training methods the the, the um the footballers and the players buy into it for a little while, but then uh, pretty soon it's a routine. They get fed up with him. He falls out with one or two inevitably, and 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 results start. So I mean, uh, Carver Haller, whatever his name is, at Swansea yeah, is sure. a perfect example of that. Well, I, I mean, the problem is look, the problem is manifold, and clearly we live in a different age. Um, the consequences for being relegated now are humongous and that commercially they are and if people want to talk about parachute payments it's really quite irrelevant because you're not going to get a sponsorship deal in in outside the premier league for more than half a million pound for a season that that's the going rate Mm. even on your that's your main sponsor deal so you can see the collapse in the figures and so it matters a lot more um but you know there are two um overriding issues here the first is i think unlike many years of, um, of your that nowadays we live in a Premier League world where all but six teams realistically um, all but those six of the remaining what is it 14 if my maths is right yeah. um, are only one season away from relegation yeah, one absolutely. season away from relegation a few drop points a couple of bad games one sacking that shouldn't have been or one appointment shouldn't have been and they're down and we saw it this year because this time and last an injury year, crisis who would have thought well, that West Brom <clears throat> um, Swansea and Stoke would have been the three that have gone down probably yeah. nobody and the other thing that's different is there is as you say there is no loyalty to a manager and I put it in this way um, being around in, in 1977 78 season and probably secretly crying into my pillow um, when we got relegated um, but there was no thought that we were going to sack John Lyle because we no. got relegated. <clears throat> Not one West Ham no. fan, however angry and fed up and disappointed, we were all happy to blame bad luck and the fact that Trevor might not have actually scored 40 goals that season yeah. and been superlative and the fact that Billy Bonds was injured. We'd blame all of that. But the idea that Johnny Lyle would have been sacked because we got relegated, that was the furthest thought from anyone's yeah. mind. It was, yeah, yeah. well, of course we keep John Lyle because he's going to get us back the following yeah, season yeah absolutely and even when we got relegated at the end of the 80s when john lyle got sacked by west ham and they brought in lou Macari, <coughs> i mean what nonsense was that and again Although there, that time there was a big lyle out camp i can remember lyle out graffiti around the back of the south yeah but- and um there was chance you know there that, that that time there was i think and there was a sense in which it come to an it end had possibly end. come to an actual end but but 
It was an odd. That was an odd. Yeah. An odd appointment. Uh, certainly, Macari. I mean, I just think that that um, um, the the talk of getting a new manager is is heavily mitigated by the fact that we've had two very disappointing, very patchy seasons, and we don't really know where we stand. And that possibly one of the people currently in the organisation that does know where we stand is David Moyes, who has looked at the same <coughs> bunch Agreed. of players every week and has Agreed. a sense of what yeah. we need. Yeah. You know, I mean. Uh, big players. I mean, you know, Arsenal, Man U, who've who've both lost their their uh, uh, long term managers, uh, can probably afford to have a manager that comes in. Uh, though, though we haven't really seen that with Man U doesn't do you're seeing it with Mourinho because I think the buck had to stop somewhere uh, can have a sort of a slightly not as good season uh, and then go well I'm trying to build a team so it's for next year we can't have someone who, who has a shit season next season and goes yeah I'm sort of trying to build for the year after because I think you'll just end up no. you have another shit season because the new manager is going yeah I'm just running a rule over the players it's taken me a long time to get my head around who these guys are and I'm, I'm trying to sort of build a team slowly people go well this is the third year now of yes. shit football you just, I mean, you know, because you know, the danger is, and, and the best example, I mean, I, I know that the circumstances are somewhat different, but um, what we can't allow to happen is what happened in, in the great escape of 2007-8, wasn't it? 6-7. Six, 6-7, seven. Six, six, seven. Seven. I, I lose track of time, thanks. Um, you know, when we changed um, Pardew for Curbs, and for good reason, I happen to think at the mm-hmm. time, but, you know, when we lost at home to Tottenham, in that 4-3 game. Mm. Um, yeah, there were a lot of tears because everyone mm. thought, well, that's it, it's curtains. But you're not going to get away. We, we know we won seven out of the last yeah. nine. And we're never going to do that again. No. It's simply, you can't do 27 points out of the last 33. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. That's, or whatever, it was 21 out of the last 20, mm. 27. That's, that's title winning form. Mm-hmm. You know, even Guardiola would have been happy for that for his last, you know, um, nine games. And sure, Tevez was there and, you know, yeah, and everyone played out of their skin and Rob Green would had, had a couple of yeah. worldies and, and Zamora scored that great goal at, up at the Emirates, you know, that meant we were the first visiting team mm. yep. to win and, of Absolutely. course, the last visiting team to win. Yeah, Ivory. Green played out of his skin that and, day. And, and, and Green must have made, made some 12, 20 mm. phenomenal saves. Yeah. But we're never... You, you can't look at it now no. and think, well, we'll wait till we'll see how we get on at Christmas and we're going to win seven out of the last nine games next season because we should sure as hell aren't and this season's proved it can't happen like absolutely. that absolutely and conversely uh um you know uh sort of bookending that having a fantastic rallying end of season we the last couple of seasons very much like that avram grant season uh played appallingly in our first mm. clutch of games mm. and immediately sort of got behind with you know only about six weeks of the season gone and we're already sort of struggling you're under pressure every game pressure really tells we we when we came up from uh the championship under pards i think we might have won our first two we, did. we, we won our of, first home game yeah. i remember against blackburn yeah that's right and then mm. i think we beat villa 4-0 yeah. you know um and getting you know we've got off to a good start quite often when we've come up you know mm. and uh, and often uh, promoted teams do they have a good start Do you remember Hull one yeah. uh, year were like uh, in practically top three at they Christmas were. because their momentum from playing well carries on and uh, uh, we might not have that but we if we you know if it's we imperative have- it's imperative and because the converse of, is that is it's often said you know if you're going to look if you look at the other end of the table um and you, your ambition is to win the league, you know after the first four games whether, whether that's going to be realised yeah. or it's not. Because yeah, yeah. if you, even if, if you've only got three points or four after the first four games, you are not going to win the league. I mean, you actually have to get nine points or ten points out of the first four yeah. games if you're going to carry that through the season and win it. And if you look back at all the, with, I think might have been an exception of Arsenal one year when they snuck up on Man United that year that Man, that some bookmaker was yeah. paying out yes. that Man That's United right. won the league in March and then Arsenal, of course, famously won at Old Trafford and that ugly gooner whose face appeared cheering, you know, yeah, quite yeah. frantically was all <laughs> yeah, over yeah. the media right. um, to support yeah. the fact that they won that game and they turned it around. But that's a rare for that to yeah. happen mm. so in the so in so much as you really win the the premier league after the first four games you're also setting the course and we can't go again losing our first three games now you know th- this has got to no. stop no that's right that's right that's absolutely right uh it's probably about time to wrap it up 
Um, normally we would have predictions about forthcoming games, but... Uh, um, well, I'm going to predict about a different game because we're going to see Bromley in the uh, FA Trophy final. We are Bromley are going Sunday. to win, yeah. I predict. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. 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 Who are they yeah. playing? Brackley. Of the league, they're in the league below them. The, and the where they play? Uh, where? Wembley. Uh, Wembley. Oh wow! I hope mm. they bring more than poor old Boreham Wood brought over the weekend, which was about six people and then about a couple of thousand mm. from Tranmere. I think it's going to be around ten thousand, maybe Fantastic. more. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, so we're going to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I predict a Bromley. Uh, I can't even. I can't even remember the name of the other team. Brackley. You've just Brackley. Brackley. Thanks, Brackley. Brackley. Um, you predict a route? Yes. Yes. I do. Yes. I do. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I. I Bromley United, five. Brackley, two. I'm going to go for a 6-0. Six 6-0? Nil. Six nil. Yeah. Ooh. Which way? Bromley. Bromley going to win. We saw Bromley beat Leighton Orient 6-1. Six six one. One. <laughs> Bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. yeah. How the mighty O's have fallen. We went season. to Bromley yeah. and they beat Orient 6-1. Yeah. Yeah. God, poor old Laurie. As we should add that it is our hometown. Way, Bromley is our yeah, hometown. I know that. So I know you do. That's great. Yeah, When is that on Sunday? On Sunday. We'll have a marvellous... Yeah, we're going to get very, very, very drunk. I yes. can't believe that for yes. one moment. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what a what a potential seven days you'll have. West Ham assured of <laughs> Premiership status, mm. and your boyhood teams, mm. your boyhood team of Bromley winning that title, That'd be great. that trophy, running around Wembley. They say, "Come on, you Broms down there," which yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm yeah, against. That. Both, yeah. I'm sure I'm that sounds that. like a terrible euphemism yeah. yes, for something. Yeah. It does. The sort of thing that that David Sullivan would have put Sullivan in his email. Yes, would have some yeah. kind yeah. of, and, of want to, and he'd want the pattern on it as well exactly. a brom yeah mm. it's a term he invented indeed yeah. uh, <laughs> so that's been it for this season uh, we'll uh, yes. see you next year with or without a new manager and yeah. uh, we'll see who the transfer window throws up tough tough time for transfers with the World Cup a lot of people yes. wait for the World Cup to happen don't they and of course and you really could do it beforehand because if yeah. you see someone who's half decent their price is going to treble yeah. um, after three little unimportant mm. matches in the World yes. Cup absolutely and um, the only good thing about the World Cup I suppose is it's something to watch on the telly while you have yeah. to wait for the season to start exactly yeah it is something but it's to, a poor substitute I always think yeah. all those international you know nonces running around making a big deal of it when who cares it's all about the Premier League isn't exactly. it exactly I quite like the World Cup. Do you? Jim, you like yeah, it? I quite all, like the World, all, Cup. All over the yeah. World Cup. Yeah, the yeah. only trouble I'm is it's not like when you were young, it. you didn't know who the players were. Now you've seen them, you no, know everybody. I suppose, well, I don't know anybody in the Panama team. Well, neither do they. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, no, are you going like to get? Are you going to get one of your sticker books out again, Jim? Uh, I collected. Do you remember those coins? I had those coins. Oh, what, in, SO coins. Yeah. I had. Oh, I had in 1970. 1970. Yeah, the World yeah, Cup yeah, that we yeah. didn't win and yeah. we should have. Yeah. I think I. I really desperately needed. I finally managed to swap one. Well, I think it might have been Brian LeBone. I really needed. And um, well, so did Moro. He needed yeah, Brian LeBone, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, Brian LeBone, but not as much as Brian LeBone needed Bobby Moore. Yeah, yeah indeed. <laughs> That's been it for this uh, this season's Stop Hammer Times with me, as always, Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Simon Pentel. Just coming back from the SO Garage. Good night. <laughs> Come on, you irons. Yeah, you got them from the SO Garage. Yeah, that's right. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others. And when budgeting for software software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.